the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, I know as we uh, as as we have enjoyed our nice weather so far, and now the cold has set in. And, uh, and me, I am not a fan of cold, so I'm definitely going to try to hibernate as much as I can. But um, good to know that winter is here. You know, it's just good to know it's here. Somebody's going to be happy. That's how I always look at it. Somebody is happy. You know, I may not be happy, but somebody's happy. I just said, Lord, make somebody happy today. You know, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about uh, being thankful, uh, you know, just continuing along along that theme, you know, uh, the book of James, it tells us, you know, that, that we're to, you know, you know, rejoice no matter what situation we're in, you know, and, um, book of Philippians, what we talked about before as Paul said, I have learned, I have learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. I learned to be thankful for whatever state that I'm in, whether I'm a base or whether I'm abounding or whether I have plenty or whether I have lack, you know, he had to learn that point and he, and he called it a secret. You know, he said, I've learned the secret. But one thing I've, I've noticed about about life and, and, and for me in general is that it's one thing to know. It's another thing to live. You know, I, I know a lot of things. Right. But I don't necessarily live them. And I, and I know I'm supposed to be thankful and I'm supposed to rejoice uh, in the good times and in the bad. But, you know, you know, it, it my rejoicing in the bad times does not equal my rejoicing in the good times. You know, and so. You know, but Paul said, I've learned, you know, it's something that he had to learn of you know, going through. And, and I, sometimes I just ask the Lord, let me learn this lesson quickly so that I can I can get out of here and I can take a break in that. You no, know, in Philippians chapter four, uh, you know, where Paul makes this comment, you know, our favorite verse we like is that I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And uh, and we love to quote that I have athletes who. Uh, put that on their T-shirt. One athlete, she writes it, writes it on her leg before she runs a a, a distance distance meet. But you know, it was really it, before that, Paul is, is is referencing the fact that he learned the secret of how to be content in every situation, and he had to learn that. You know, he had to learn that secret, and 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 how he can live that secret is because of the strength that Christ gives him. You know, and so knowing it and living it is two different things. And a lot of times we try to live out things in our own strength. And some of us, you know, have real me. I know I have a real stubborn nature, uh, you know, and, 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 and as my wife will attest, I'm stubborn. And I sometimes I just do some things not out of faith, but just out of my own flesh, my own strength. But, you know, I get tired. You know, flesh gets tired after a while. 
And, you know, but God, God, the strength that God gives you, the strength that the Lord gives you, it doesn't run out. You know what I mean? You know, because he said, I can supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. And his riches and glory never run out. His his dunamis, his power never runs out. You know, and, and so it's one thing to do something in your strength. It's another thing to do something in the strength that Christ will give you. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I, I, I've learned how to handle riches. I've learned how to handle poverty. You know what I mean? Why? Because he gives me the strength to make it through these times. He gives me the strength to make it through times of sorrow. He gives me the strength to make it through times of joy. You know what I mean? And, and that's whose strength I'm leaning on. And that's who I'm dependent on. And Paul said, you know, I, I learned that secret. You know what I mean? And and the secret is I have to be content. But the really the secret is, is allowing Christ to give you the strength to walk in that contentment or to walk in that knowledge that you have. You know, and, and that and, and that's what I want to talk about today is is that really is is learning how to be content. Learning how to stay in your lane. Learning how to be that. You know, one of the one of the commandments that I never really understood was thou shalt not covet. Right? You know, you learned them early, you know, growing up in uh in Catholic school, you know, we learned the Ten Commandments and had a great opportunity to uh sit down and and talk with uh, some some uh, some priest, and I went to a banquet this week uh, on behalf of Intellectual Takeout, and I got to meet uh, Father Stromberg, and uh, I got to meet uh, Lee, an attorney, and we were talking, and uh, I got to meet John from Minnesota Family Council. We were talking, and different people just talking. But but when I was talking to the the two priests that were there, we were just talking about growing up and, and growing up Catholic, and. And uh, and and still still really holding on to that. You know, my basis of doing ministry is what I learned from those uh, Franciscan nuns and priests. And um, and so but we were just talking about the, the you can be academically excellent, but be morally corrupt. Right. And, and so you can know things, you can get a good education, you can get a good background. But if your character is shot, if your morals are shot. You, you, it's hard for you to be content. It's just hard for you to be content because you're thinking that your reward has to come based upon your education or your content. You know, I've heard many times when I say, well, I have a degree. I should be making more money than this. I have a master's. I should be making more money than this. You know, I have a PhD. I should be making more money than this. And so you, you, you want to be rewarded by what you've done. You want your contentment to come as a reward for what you've done or accomplished but yet you can't be content making that bachelor money with a master's degree because, and so therefore this, you, you don't even need the strength of Christ because you ain't even trying to be content. You know what I mean? But sometimes God puts us in situations where either we have to deposit something to someone else or they have to deposit in us, but it may put us in a situation where our flesh is going to be inconvenienced. Our ego is going to be inconvenienced. And then that's when we have to lean upon him. Our human nature says, you know, reward me. Our human nature says, you know, you know, I am significant. Treat me this way. And we have to come in through Christ, get the strength to be able to just endure and abound in whatever situation God has placed us in. You know what I mean? Because he has he has a hope there, you know. Uh, and so I just look back on those times and I was telling them how how uh, this one priest in particular, uh, Father Barr, he noticed that 
our parents, some of us parents, they were going through, they were going, we were going through divorce, and we were kind of ripe pickings for, you know, to go out there and just start running the streets and you know getting into stuff, you know, exciting things you want to do. You know, when you when you, when neither parent is watching you because they're going through this great emotional upheaval called divorce. And uh, and so I remember Father Barr taking us under his wing, man. Take, Father Barr took us under his wing, man. He, and uh, he he taught us French. He took me to my first baseball game. Well, I found out it wasn't my first pro baseball game. I had went to one at ten months old, but I didn't know about it. But I went to my first um, baseball game. It was a Cubs game. Never forget it. I can't even remember what the game was like. I was so scared. I'd never been surrounded by so many white people in my life. I was up in the in the bit of bleacher bums, and I just never forgot that. <laughs> I think because these cats had shirts off, and it was spring, man. It was cold, you know. <laughs> they had their shirts off with with paint, with their bodies painted, and screaming and drinking beer, and and uh, you know, I, I just remember that. They only remember going to Soldier Field for the uh, Public League versus Catholic, you know, uh, league championship game, and Father Barr taking us there, whisking there, Soldier Field. Never been to Soldier Field before, man. It was just like it was just like a dream or something like that, you know. We just would hang out. Father Bar, go over there. If you go over his house, you know, directly knock on the door, get an ice cold Coke, sit down, talk with him. You know, just little things like that, you know, being available, you know, going and, and, and doing doing those things. And, and it just, I, I saw how content those guys were. And I'm saying, because to me, the priests and the nuns gave up a lot, taking a vow of poverty and also being celibate, no sex. You know, and even at an early age, man, I knew man, sex is good, man. So I don't know how you, how y'all sit up here and live the rest of y'all life, you know, without money and sex. That that ain't that what the whole world revolves around? But you know, just being able to be with them and 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 see, and see that they were still content, I would think thought they would be miserable. You know what I mean? But you know, and then I'm with Father Stromberg. He was a uh, a professor at St. Thomas, you know, he taught ethics and other stuff like that. And he's, this guy is 90 years old. We had this, we talked for like about 40 minutes, right? We're just talking, sharing, sharing things and everything like that. And, and we're going back and forth and, and laughing. And then just before we break to go to our tables, cause we were at different tables, you know, he, he gives me his card and he says, uh, you know, if I can do something for you, you know, come in talk to some young people he said, let me know. He said, I'm 90. I said, you're 90, man. You don't look 90 years old. He said, yeah, and I have terminal cancer. So if you're going to call me, make it quick. And I'm like, here's this guy. You couldn't have paid me to think that he had terminal cancer. I mean, he's laughing, joking, spending time with me, you know, and just sharing stories with me and and everything like that. And just there. And I, but I could see that he wasn't afraid. He was content. You know what I mean? And I and I said, man, man, it's so good to have the power of God flowing in your life. You know, so God places us in situations. We get placed in families. We get placed in cities. We get placed in jobs. We get placed in churches. We get placed on teams. And we wonder, Lord, why do you have me here? You know, and, and you know, I don't fit in with these people or or whatever reason or I should be over here. And, and, and he places us in these 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 situations right and 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 he 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 has a purpose and a call in our life for us to accomplish that and and a lot of times if we're not sure about our call you know what I mean? we we won't understand why that we're in these these situations but even in light of even knowing your call sometimes you get placed in a situation that doesn't even really line up 
with what what you know your purpose is, but yet you know the Lord has you there, and and you're anxious to get out. And for us in the West, you know, like I said last week, you know, when you're trying to find out what your purpose is and trying to find out what it is that you're called to do, it's hard in a situation where you can become anything, right? And so now you you you're you could be clerking, but you know if you worked hard enough, you know you could be the manager or you could be. Um, a nurse, but you know, if you went back to school, you could become the doctor, you know, but not even whether or not God has you as a nurse or wants you to be a doctor, but you can just do these things on your own. So it it adds to it. But I was reading in first Corinthians um, chapter seven and first Corinthians chapter seven and verse 17 says that each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you and remain as you were when God first calls you. This is my rule for all churches. Right. Then in verse 24, after he explains it, the rest verse ends with each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. You know, that, that's a that's a hard thing to do, you know, because there's sometimes where God naturally he moves us on. You know, what I mean, and then there's other times where we stay still. You know, I know some guys that are still youth ministers, still youth ministers, and they're in their late 60s and they're still ministering to youth and doing a bang up effective job. And I know people such as myself. Who who don't do youth ministry full time anymore? Do it kind of part time, but we also are senior pastors and, and we do some other things also. And then there's some who trans- did youth ministry for a couple of years and transitioned out of maybe music ministry, and now they're senior pastor or now they're going back into the workforce. Uh, and there's different things that happen that we we move on in our journey. You know what I mean? But the thing, the key thing about your journey is this: that knowing is that you have to remain where God has called you and placed you. And it goes back to what I said last week. If you don't know what that is, if you don't know where that is, if you don't know how that is to come to pass, you will find yourself struggling and trying and trying to get, get to a place. And you don't even know why you, when you get to that place, you don't even know why you're there because it doesn't feel like you thought it would feel. And so therefore you go and try something else new. And so therefore, like a lot of times people look up there and say, well, you know, I'm a usher, right? And you go to some places and you go to church and you ain't been there 20 years and you come back, that guy's still ushering. And you go like, wow, you're still an usher here? And, you know, that, that Western part of me kicks in like, man, by this time, you should be a pastor by now, you know, just getting a promotion every year. But, you know, but that that, that brother sister is faithful and faithful in that position because they understand what their calling is and, and therefore they don't, they don't, try to move and they don't let things move. Sometimes we get frustrated and we see other people advancing. And I know I'm guilty of this, you know, cause here I am. There's people who started churches the same time I did. We all started churches. Ain't well, my church was established, but I became, I became a pastor. I took over an established church and, uh, and it was, it was in a rebuild stage and other people took over churches or started fresh churches. And then I look up five years later, they have twice as many people as I do more money than I do. And, or, you know, they're mega churches now and I'm still struggling with, you know, 70, 80 people or whatever, whatever goes in there. And and so your human nature part of you makes you wonder, am I doing a good job? You know, you know, should I move on? You know, what did I do wrong? You know, you come up with a whole list of gamut making excuses or, or condemning yourself. But the bottom line is this, is that you have to remain faithful to the situation in which God has called you to. You know, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. And I'm gonna share some things with you after the break. You know, that took a process in my life to, to come to a point where I can honestly accept 
the 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 purpose that God had for me. And I knew my purpose and I understood my purpose. But at the same time, man, I wanted more. You know what I mean? I wanted more. I wanted recognition. I wanted money. You know, I wanted to be able to pay my bills. And uh, and but you know, I'm going to tell you this. If you remain in the situation that God places you in, he will increase you and multiply what you have in that situation. Hey, we're coming on a break time. You listen to Isaiah 61. This is Pastor Joe Sutton on 980 in a mission. And we'll be right back with our conclusion. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Pastors, you're searching online for that perfect sermon series that your congregation will really enjoy and benefit from, but you just can't seem to find what you're looking for. I suggest you give SermonSearch.com a try. Sermon Search is packed with sermon outlines from revered Bible teachers who cover every topic you can imagine. You'll also find images, videos, and analogies to complement your presentation of God's message. Be inspired to study, create, and proclaim with SermonSearch.com. Welcome back to Isaiah 61, Radio Ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm uh, Pastor Joe Sutton. I'm here today talking about uh, being content or being thankful. You know, as we run up on this uh, holiday break, you know, uh, next next week is uh, the time of of uh, more contentment. So content you fall asleep because you've eaten so much, right? And uh, I remember sitting around and uh, telling my mom one time, it's you know, sitting around, everybody finished eating and everything like that, and sit around and go like, like, uh, why do they call it Thanksgiving? She said, because you're thankful to have some food. That's why you, you call it Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? But, you know, because it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, our celebration wasn't matching up with the little narrative in my, that I colored in school. You know what I mean? With the turkeys and the Native Americans and everything like that. We didn't really say thanks. You know what I mean? We didn't bless our food back then. We just, we just dug in and ate and just to see how many plates we can eat. You know, that's, that's young boys. That's, that's what that's what we would do now. I, I watch my sons do that, and I, I I had to go in another room because I mean I I just can't. <laughs> they 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 make me sick watching them eat. So so I hope you enjoy your weekend, enjoy yourself, enjoy family. If nothing else, uh, make sure you take the time, no matter who you're enjoying it with, stop, take a break, and really give thanks because you know we're fortunate enough to live in a in a, in, a, in a nation you know where you can of course we can always point out things that are wrong or things that need to change. But, you know, the one thing that we can do is that we can celebrate, you know, and we can celebrate or choose not to celebrate. But we have that freedom to do that. And for that, I'm thankful. You know, I'm thankful that I can gather together uh, with my family. I'm thankful that uh, stores and stuff do close, even though now they're starting to open up because, you know, you got Green Thursday, Black Friday, Yellow Saturday. You got everything going on for retail purposes that are happening. But uh, enjoy. Enjoy that. You know, what I mean, it's really enjoy family and get a chance to. Know it and make it a meaningful time. 
Uh, just want to make a couple of announcements before I move on and wrap up and, and close out this segment on thankfulness. And next week we'll we'll do the same thing. We'll come back and talk about thankfulness. And um, December second, we're gonna have an epic youth night. Uh, young people are coming out, and you can check our website, uh, check three D leadership dot com, and uh, for the location. But it'll be uh, at Friday, December second at night. Uh, we'll have different gospel and gospel art, hip hop artists out there and uh, sharing the word of God, getting everybody together. And then our indoor track season is starting. We're going to kick off with a track, a track camp, a week long track camp where you can learn different aspects about track and stay in shape. You don't have to be a track runner. You can just be a basketball, baseball, football player who wants to get more flexible or learn how to work out better, learn the proper running mechanics. You're more than welcome to come out and, uh, you know, and it's going to be free. And it's going to be free, which we always do, to come work out with the Eagle, Eagles Wings Track Club. You know what I mean? Uh, a track club that's, that uh, does an elite workout, but we're everyday people. Uh, so I want to tell you a little story about when I first came to the Lord and when I, when I got saved and, and uh, you know, just the part of being thankful and being content. I, I, the Lord was really, really working me over, right? And um, I remember one night, uh that that a friend of mine was praying with me over the phone and I was on my way to a party and she called me and stopped me. And, you know, she friends that. So I let, I, I let everybody else go. And I told him I'd catch up with them later on. And, you know, cause I, I need to talk with her, you know, cause that's my friend. So I just was like, and she had just gotten saved and she was trying to share stuff with me. And I didn't want them to know I was talking to somebody about the Lord on the phone. So I let them leave. And then I stayed back. And, and so she had to tell me about the Lord, and then she started praying for me. She said, can I pray for you, Joseph? I said, yeah, you can pray for me. And she got to praying, and, man, the power of God came up in that room. Man, I can I can feel it, right? And I was like, oh, my goodness. I was starting to cry. And then I kept hearing this voice say, say no, say no, say no. So I screamed no. I mean, I screamed no. And she stopped. She said, are you all right? I say, yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? Then she went back to praying again, and I could feel it coming back again. And I kept saying no. But then I realized at the end, of it, when she hung up, I realized that what I had been searching for my whole life, I had just said no to. And and so I started reading my Bible, and I started going on this journey. And I, and so it was a year journey of me, uh, me reading the Bible, going back and forth, being challenged, sometimes saying the sinner's prayer, but not really meaning it. You know what I mean? Just saying it because I was going through a hard time and, and still wanting to run my life. And when I finally did get saved, you know, the next day I came back from church without any prompting, without anybody saying anything to me, I started giving away all my music, right? And I, I was a DJ and that's how I made my money. I made my money uh, DJing parties or throwing parties. And that's how I paid my rent. My bills, car note, everything, you know what I mean? That was my whole life was tied up into that, you know what I mean? I had hundreds of albums and and two, three, four turned to, I, I could do two, three parties at one time, you know what I mean? I just, I had a lot of equipment and, and I started giving it away. I started giving it away. And everybody looked at me and said, why are you giving it away? I said, because I'm not going to do this again. I, I have to leave this alone. And, and, and man, people was coming out of my house with turntables and, and amplifiers and speakers, and they was all happy, and uh, and albums and everything like that, and, and I was just getting rid of all of it because I knew what I did with it. I knew how I manipulated people. I knew that what I did, and I knew I needed to get out of that, and I knew this. It wasn't nobody telling me nothing, nobody trying to. matter of fact, 
some people try to justify me to keep it and 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 use my skills, you know, for kingdom or what I was like, this ain't a skill, this is a handicap, right? And I and I had to I knew I had to get away from it. And I say that to say this is that is that that when I did that, when I gave away my income, when I gave away my job, when I gave away all that I, that I had, I reached a level of contentment that I just couldn't believe. Right? Because now I didn't took away I took away my, my income and I should be sad. You know what I mean? In in the next few months was there were some rough months. You know what I mean? But you know what? That the level of contentment I had knowing I was doing God's will and knowing that, that, that I was I was flowing and what he wanted me to flow in was more than enough to keep me going because Christ gave me the strength, right? To endure those times of, of no money, to endure going and working a little clerk job at a convenience store and, and doing things that, that, that I didn't really have to do. And people wonder, why are you doing this? You know what I mean? But it was better to have that contentment. You know, it says this in First Timothy that godliness with contentment, contentment is great wealth. And, and I achieved great wealth that day because I was not only leaning toward godliness or holiness, but I also was content. And, man, I was happy as I don't know what. We'll continue this talk next week. God bless you. Have a great week. Stay warm. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.